I guess you're now. Yeah. Pasta ravioli. You know, I love all that shit. Like, whatever the fuck it is, it's hilarious yeah. to me most of the time. Welcome to DL Gaming. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. And I'm encouraging Bobby to give this episode the old alcohol try. <laughs> Sounds good deep, to me. That's a deep cut for uh, San Diego natives. Yep. All right. So, uh, what? <laughs> no, no, I was saying, so, uh, what, what secrets do you have for us this week, Bobby? No, no secrets this week, but we do have a new segment that we're going to be trying out in two weeks. Nick won't be here next week, so we'll do it in two weeks. But we've long talked about doing this where we all play the same game and then we discuss it kind of like a gaming book club in a way. Um, it's been very difficult for us to do in the past, but we're going to give it a shot. And our first game that we're going to be talking about two episodes down the line is going to be Days Gone. And what's good about this, or about Steam, I mean, the amount of stuff that they offer, man, is, is so crazy. Just from the Steam, Steam link from last week to... Uh, play a remote play together to family share family share is like a mind blow if any kind of business person would be like you're gonna give away your shit for free what are you talking about but yeah as long as like one of us buys it um then we all have it you know well i think family share addresses this long-standing issue that video games have had ever since we moved to digital distribution. When we bought cartridges, you used to be able to lend those to your friends or bring it over to your friend's house. Sure. And we, we lost that completely with when we went digital. So I'm glad we have something like family share that allows us to do something similar again. Oh yeah. I mean, I I can't say a bad word about it. What I would say is like, is it hit, is it hurting the bottom line and do they care? Steam I'm talking about. I don't think so. The way they've been operating right now, I'm like, I think they're literally just printing money. Dude, there's still there's Steam groups called Family Share, like Family Share Swap or whatever, and they yeah, there's whole like subreddits about it. Yeah, it's crazy, and they just play each other's games. You know, it's really interesting. Um, Luckily for you guys, I never play video games. I play video games about three to four hours a week. So my library's available all the time. Nick, if we haven't set it up, we have to set that up. And yeah, so, we'll set it up. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll base it off of my account, and then we'll go from there. All but right. uh, So for those that don't know about Days Gone, Days Gone is a pretty unique look at the um, post-apocalyptic slash zombie genre. It's a storytelling game. Um, it's a single-player game primarily. Uh, what it is, it's the story is told from a biker perspective. So it deals a lot with biker culture, which isn't super prominent nowadays. That was something that was really prominent in the eighties and nineties. Um, but the, it's like set post modern. Uh, there's not like futuristic stuff or anything like that, but they call zombies freakers. The, the zombies kind of have like unique, uh, like mechanics. Like they have like nests as weird as it sounds. Um, there's massive hordes in the game. There are like objective based hordes where like the the main story makes you kill hordes, but there's just like hordes that are just walking around the map and they're kind of like weather, like weather, uh, like anomalies. Like force. And if you defeat them, you get a bunch of cool shit too. So damn, that's cool. 
I, I like so, the whole. First of all, anything we've talked about this last episode. Post apocalyptic, I'm in. Zombies, I'm in. Like, and then the reviews have been very good on this. Uh, the other thing, the other storyline about this isn't this a PlayStation game, Nick? Yes. Or? So that that is why a lot of people are freaking out about it. Is that Sony is starting to see the benefits of selling their console exclusives on steam specifically um i don't think we're gonna see a sony you know launcher and everything like that i think we're gonna start seeing just shit coming out on steam um but they are seeing the success of horizon zero dawn they're seeing like the success of uh days gone already with pre-orders and current purchases and things like that and so i think we're gonna start seeing some more more games going to p uh to pc I don't think they're going to do God of War. I would love for them to do it, so I can see some of my friends that don't own a PS5 or a PlayStation 4 are able to play it. But, um, we'll, you know, we'll see. I think it's a, a start of a good trend. Yeah, but, I hope so, yeah. man. Uh, more With, on uh, that Another later. thing about... another. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Another thing about this, uh, about Days Gone specifically, though, that is really interesting is that... So it's been out for, I think, over a year and a half or two years on PlayStation... And because of that, all the, I shouldn't say all the issues, a lot of the issues that were a problem in the, in the game when it first came out, which made it have like kind of all right reviews have been addressed and like fixed. And the game looks incredible on PC. Like you can see people's like blackheads and pores. <laughs> like it's insane. Um, it's it's kind of so, what happened with um, Horizon Zero Dawn and Red Dead Re- Redemption. First of all, we had the we get the most patched version, and then we get enhanced, usually enhanced graphics or frame rates. Uh, for sure, frame rates because it's it usually is capped on PS4. But we usually get the best version of the game, which is nice. Yeah, we just have to wait a couple years. Yeah, which. <laughs> We would have never got it, so is it really waiting? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I love the trend. So I think it's great. Yeah. And so, like like we said before, this is for our, uh, a segment that we're currently working on. It was difficult for the podcast to do before, only because the schedule's being hard. Uh, resources, essentially, like, you, you can't convince someone to buy a $60 game every week, you know? Um, we are going to be uh, having some community interaction um, it, we might be having the community actually voting on the games that we play every following week, kind of like Movies on the DL. Shout out to Movies on the DL. Um, so if you don't know, uh, Movies on the DL is where they review mu- movies that are voted on by the community. And uh, so we might be extending that here to um, to the current podcast. Cool. All right, let's talk about some other games that have been on our radar. So one that I wanted to bring up, is called Lies of P. Somebody posted this in the Discord, and it looks weird. This is a retelling of the Pinocchio story. Oh, wow. Oh, God. A very dark look at it. So Lies of P, I can assume we mean, or they mean Pinocchio for P. And they say it is a Souls-like game. What? Yeah. That's not what... That's what's up. <laughs> like, I, I want to play that. I was so on board, and then I was like, oh, we're going this way? We're yeah. going to make a right? Hard right? Uh, yeah, it is 
a little weird. So they say there are multiple endings. There are lying quests. And you have to lie throughout the game. I wonder if your nose gets bigger when you do. And it is Maybe your sword, sword gets bigger. bigger. <laughs> That'd be fucking crazy. You just lie the whole time and you get a huge sword that you can't swing. Maybe, yeah. Uh, the setting is really interesting. It reminds me a lot of Bioshock almost in a way it, it, it's um, it, it seems like the lighting is really bioshocky the way it looks yeah. like yeah a lot of the screenshots and the video look it looks very bioshock to me the way the enemies look the surroundings yeah I, it could be interesting this does not have a release date yet doesn't have a price it's coming from a studio that i'm not familiar with it's just completely out of left field but what an interesting concept what a great concept i mean yeah there's been a lot of dark takes on like fairy tales well fairy tales were originally very dark yeah very dark brothers i believe the original pinocchio doesn't he eat his dad to be real or something like that holy shit i don't know or yeah. something like that, like, and someone has to burn Pinocchio alive. Like, it gets really fucking gruesome. Like, I, I'm going to look up the actual story in a second. A lot of fairy tales, they were there to like make children behave, so they were like scare tactics, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were all so dark. Yeah. Damn. Well, something to keep an eye on. There. Cool. All right. What else we got? Um, I don't know. None of them are mine this time. All right. Well, let's talk about um, so. Uh, we have Biomutant, which is a game that I put on there. Biomutant is a, I don't know what to call this thing, man. It, it's part furry simulator, part um, action RPG. Like, it, the, the graphics look amazing. I've watched a couple reviews on it already. It makes me want to play it. Um, a lot of the things that they're pushing is, like, complete customability of your character, like, and also customability, like customization of your character makes a difference on your abilities and stuff. So if you're going to, so I think there's nine or seven races, I can't remember, but choosing your race obviously gives you certain abilities and things like that, but also making your guy fat or making him tall or making him like this and that, like it all actually affects your stats. Um, essentially, there's not supposed to be, uh, like your character is really supposed to be unique. Um, there's people have made videos like hour, hour, two hour long videos of them just customizing their character. Uh, there's guns, there's swords, there's all different types of combat. Um, it looks like, uh, Zelda breath of the wild, but set in like a furry, I don't mean furry, like the, the fetish, but like in a, in a anthropomorphic anthropomorphic animal world. Yeah. But it looks really cool, man. I think I think it might get Leslie to play this game. So we've both been talking about this. Now you're saying races, but I think what's actually more species fitting is species, right? Yeah, like yes, species every, is the more everything's walking on two legs, but the main character is kind of well. Shit, is even a real? no. That's just that's just a character. Like that that's a character you can make. Yeah, but there I, is no like main. It's like it's kind of like the shepherd sim- syndrome in Mass Effect. Yeah. Where do we, do we know if um, uh, it's single player, Nick? It's um, I, I believe it's single player. It's just single player. Okay. Wow. So let me let me double check, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah, single player. But keep going player. on. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Did you guys hear about the new Bioshock? Which one? Uh, so they are. So they just uh, the devs for Bioshock just announced that they're writing the new game. And it's not going to be in um, either setting. Like, it's not going to be 
in the air or in the sea. It's going to be somewhere new. In a volcano. <laughs> or space. <laughs> Is this the game that they had announced? There's always Bioshock news, but Bioshock 4, it was supposed to be a... Cons- uh, what, what is that? A constant world, um, persistent world. Yeah. Like a persistent world, uh, subscription based, like it sounded very pay to win when yeah, I heard yeah, about yeah. it. it. I remember hearing an, an announcement and thought, wow, that is horrible for a Bioshock game. The idea. No, I, th- I, I thought they scrapped that. This announcement was like a week ago or like this past week. Like they, they announced that they are going to be making a new Bioshock. It's going to have a little bit different play style, but it's going to be outside of Rapture and outside of Columbia. So, All right. I mean, I'm not too excited. I think we've all kind of moved on from the Bioshock series. Maybe you, bro. I mean, the last one was good. So you're only as good as the last, your last game, right? Uh, in 2013, gaming has changed a lot since That's then. That's true. <laughs> I a think lot. We, we found out that one of our listeners, Warconius, had never played a Bioshock game and we're like, Oh my God, well you got to play Bioshock three. And then he went and played and he's like, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, well, he, anything that doesn't have solid snake in it, he's going to say me <laughs> or Kojima attached. Maybe somebody go play Bioshock four again and let us know. Maybe I'll do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Bioshock three, Bioshock infinite. That's three is infinite. I played right? Bioshock infinite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, another game that I wanted to bring up is <laughs> Synthetic 2. So they're yeah, making a man. sequel. Yeah. Oh, wow. That. Did we need a sequel yet? I didn't play the first one, but I know it was very popular. I, I, I looked at the screenshots. I watched the footage. It all seemed very similar to the original one. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Uh, the perspective is a little different. There's like a three-fourths. The other one was dead on. But, I mean, besides that... The graphics look a little more cartoony from what I could tell. Uh, Nick, did you play this? Yeah, you made me play it with you. You, like, forced me to. Oh, did you like you it? Like, I'll send a bomb in the mail if you don't, so. Um, but no, I ended up playing it. I, I really like Synthetic. I it just I didn't have the time to continuously play it. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like a release this quick is almost like, why isn't this an expansion? Why make a second game? But... You know, they've got a whole section on the Steam page here that says new and synthetic too. So they have a new rule set version two, which brings gameplay and the world into a whole new level. So we're just getting some real generic talk here. Yeah. (laughs) That's their first line, you know? Oh, geez. That should be your last line. Fresh new progression system. um, Experiment with powerful technologies. Take possession of powerful faction arsenals. Re-engineered new techs. New synthetic universe expanding on the machine gods and the technologies. I don't know what a lot of this means. Maybe that makes more <laughs> sense to what you, uh, no, you guys who have played it. No, uh, I've played a lot of it. I don't know what any of that means. Although, you know, when you're on there, you're kind of, as soon as you start playing the game, you're on the server, you know, and you could see the chat of uh, people playing this game. And there are people that are so deep. They're using acronyms and all kinds of stuff. We have no yeah. idea what's going on. The way This is the way I play this game. Uh, when John and I are going to start, like, start a session of gaming, we usually warm up with some synthetic. It's just easy. We can both jump in. It's fun for sure. And that's just how I play it. You know, it's not like a try hard. Although, I mean, you could take it to the nth degree. It has a ton of depth. I just, that's not the way I play it. Hmm. Okay. 
Well, the release date is 2021, so it's not that far out. No price just yet. But Looks pretty e- awesome. Even if it's more of the same, I'm sure that'll be fine because the first one did a lot yeah. right, it sounded like. Yep. Okay. And the last thing we're going to bring up is Knockout City. This is a dodgeball game. When is Fuck the last yeah. time? What? The last time was on the SNES, and it was called Super Dodgeball. Super dot yeah everything on the SNES was super something yeah. right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so Knockout City this is going to be they've got a free trial that you can grab right now but it's an EA game and they have a subscript oh I'm sorry that's the subscription for Origin Access but the game itself is twenty bucks which seemed I don't know I I don't know much about it about the game but it almost seems like this would be a free to play free-to-play game with microtransactions. That's not the route they're going, apparently, although it does look like there's lots of things you need to unlock. But really quickly, Bobby, like, how cool is this? Scroll down again, please. Uh, You can see that here's the price, $20, or for $5, you can get EA uh, Origin, right? EA Play play is what they're calling it. EA Play Play is their version of of Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool that it has a, the both options. I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen that too much on Steam. Yeah, well, it's on a lot of the EA games now since they finally decided to put their games on Steam. But the idea yeah. of a dodgeball game sounds fun, and it's very cartoonish. It looks like they're having fun with it. I just worry with games like these that... There's a game that all three of us have played, actually, that is a great example of this. It was called Loadout. We Loadout, all played yeah. it when it first came out, and it was so Was that the fun. one where, like, you're supposed to look like Rambo, and, like, there was a bunch of, like, adult shit in it, too? Yeah, yeah. there was a character that looked like Rambo. Yeah, and there was a lot of adult content. But that was a, such a great game when it first came out, but then a week after its release, then all the pay-to-win stuff really surfaced, and there were people that would just blow you away and because they had spent more money yeah. and gotten the see? upgrades and yeah, it just ruined, it ruined the game. I don't know how much longer the game would have been after that, but we had a great time with it for a while, but it, it's so easy to ruin a game like this when you introduce those, um, those other elements, like you can either grind or you can pay and you can level up and just have a, an advantage. Now, if it's just cosmetics, yeah, that's a little different, I suppose, but uh, I don't know. But then what's the alternative to not have that no progression then just rely on the game itself being fun. That doesn't always work either because sometimes just the content of the game doesn't hold up after a week. Ideally, so what I do you, mean, so I way, have the way this might be. I have it. a conceptual question for you, Bobby, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to, for example, Battlefield, right? So when you play Battlefield, let's say Battlefield, I think, 7 or whatever the one that's coming out, or Battlefield 6, comes out right you don't have the time to play it you don't pick it up until like six or seven months after it's out right um there in one of the previous battlefields i believe it was hardline you could actually pay five dollars to unlock almost everything in one of the classes and it was sort of like a catch-up mechanic because there was a clear difference in like strength of like the rocket launchers and explosives from the late game to like the early game. Hmm. Now, do you think that's okay? Like it's like a delayed kind of like catch up pay mechanic or what do you think about that? Uh, That's not really something I would personally buy into, but I don't know. I guess it's fine. Five bucks if people are okay with that and it's really important to them. 
But the problem is a thousand bucks and you're a god. That's the really big problem. Yeah. That's what you really want to avoid. Yeah, I, I think I, that's the thing, like, with... I think in the beginning, like, when the game launches, like, no microtransactions except for cosmetics. Like, if I want to run around on, like, a pink tutu, let me pay my two bucks and I'll run around, like, I don't care. But, like, if it's, like, oh, pay $5 and you get the M249 saw, and you're like, what the fuck? Because now you're just mowing people down with a fully automatic machine gun, so... Yeah. It's... Well, it's 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 hard to it it's a it's a case by case basis for me. Two yeah. two things did it well. Two here's two different ways of looking at it. So Smite did it only cosmetics. They came out with amazing cosmetics that like you look at them and you're like I have to fucking spend the money. It's kind of like uh, Fall Guys in that way, where that's all you can buy. And yeah. but in I a think, mobile you can't really do that. You can't. Well, I don't know. I guess League does that. Yeah. Because league, yeah, you can, you can buy you can buy characters with actual money. Well, no, I'm not just talking about characters. I mean, yeah, that is kind of shitty that you have to pay to get all the all the characters. But in league, they have what are they rune scrolls or something? They got rid of those. Oh, they did. So okay. they, yeah, they got rid of all of that. So now all that part of the game is free and doesn't need to be grinded. Okay, yeah, because it was such a grind just to get to yeah. a level where you we're properly competitive. And then the other yeah. way you can do it is TF2 where there's new weapons and new loadouts, but the, the payout, the, the, nothing's ever better. It's always a trade off. Mm-hmm. You, you could, and they did it so well because, you know, every character at this point must have 10 variations on their main weapon. And 10 variations on their other two weapons. And most people, I feel like, use the original one still. Like, uh, you might see some other people using these other weapons, but there's always this huge disadvantage to using. Uh, it's always give and take. Well, and so yeah, that's another way you can do it. Well, what they did, it. Heroes of the Storm, the designers of that game talked about this often because you, you chose talents in that game. And all those talked, people are homeless now, Bobby. The ones you're talking no, about. No, they work for Blizzard. They're doing fine. <laughs> but they talked a lot about how it was very difficult to balance when all you offered were positive buffs yeah. to an item. But the minute that you start doing trade offs, like, okay, you gain this buff, but then you lose this, it's so much easier to balance. And that's exactly what TF2 did. You can get this new weapon way early in the game. Yeah. First, free to play, first with those trade off weapons. Mm-hmm. Still, best they actually, game of all time. They actually <laughs> just integrated that into League right now. Yeah. With the, uh, like, now, like, you can buy what is called, like, a legendary item, which is, like, a better version of all the normal items. And then you can not build another legendary item. So, like, depending on what legendary item you buy, which is, like, dozens of, it determines your play style for that character. And there's always, like, a always a variance on what you what you what you can choose for one character or not yeah but going back to tf2 i i think that's a great example of a game that's just fun without all the bullshit that usually gets added into games i've had hundreds of hours in tf2 before they even added hats yeah you know that the core gameplay is so much fun and it's not in a manipulative way like we know you're just here because you want to grind to get this upgrade or this cosmetic which a lot of games do and it is kind of nice to have that progression that overall big picture progression 
because you feel like your time is being rewarded, but I feel like that is just way too often um, used perniciously in newer games. Nick, how much TF2 time do you have? Uh, do nothing close to you guys. Um, I I would guess the closest game I would have to you guys as far as hours played is either Tarkov or um, uh, what is it called? Total War Warhammer Two. Hmm. What's your what's your what's your TF two time? Uh, well, we were playing before there was before tracking, they counted hours before they counted hours. <laughs> so yeah, you know. 1400 it would be my guess okay yeah so because i have I 900 Tarkov, i have no way more i have i have 900 on the engineer that's one class jesus so, christ yeah i don't know yeah i think i think you would require me to put total war warhammer together and tarkov and that would be i think 2400 hours yeah yeah well, yeah, but you take WoW, dude, and that would chance anything. Anyway, a little more on the Knockout City. I do like it's kind of asymmetry built in. Only one person has the ball. So one person's attacking, the other person's defending. And I think you have to execute some sort of uh, catch maneuver if you're going to try to catch it. Because I saw Are that. Are you explaining dodgeball to everybody? <laughs> well, well, yeah, but it's in a video game, right? So, well, we can it, safely assume that it's going to apply by the same rules. But what other video games have one where somebody has a gun and the other person doesn't have a gun? Well, you can, if they throw their guns at each other, I, <laughs> and then the other person catches it and can use it. And it looks like there's more than one ball in this game as well. Yeah, but not equal to the amount of players, I don't think. Anyway, uh, yeah, it makes it a little different than most shooters. It's more like you want to catch people by surprise. When I when I saw this title on the show notes, I was like, Knockout City. I'm like, dude, are we getting a new boxing game besides like Fight Night from like twelve years ago? No. Uh, and I was like, fuck, it's dodgeball. A hundred percent. I thought when I saw it, I thought it was gonna be a uh Smash Brothers clone. Oh, that that's a good idea too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well let's talk about some games that we have been playing. Um I would just want to start off real quick by talking about Grifflins because this is the last you'll hear me talk about it for a while. I think I got it out of my system this week. I played a lot more Grifflins. I continue to do, once you beat the story mode with the characters, then you get access to this thing called the Brawl, which is just combat negotiations, and you can go to the shop and buy and sell stuff. No story at all. Endgame, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah kind of like that, um, which I absolutely love because I skip all the story anyway and Did i don't you like the story i don't even know or care what the story <laughs> was i just i love the mechanics of that game um i've i'm at the point now where i've played so much of this game that i have kind of broken it i know exactly what is the optimal thing to do for th this character and whether or not it's an argument or a battle so i don't know i think there needs to be some balancing like, I, I want to say, oh, this is so broken, but like, it's really because I have like 50 hours in this game that I've finally figured out like what's super effective. Uh, and also a slight correction from last week. There are actually only two playable characters right now. The third one was playable in a brawl. They do the day. No, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, uh, they do oh. daily, like daily quests that you can play and it's some random thing. Um, so he was playable in there. So I got to test him out a little bit, but he is not available in the other modes. Um, Nick, do you have anything to say about any of this? Because I bought you this game, and if you didn't play it, I'm going to be pretty upset. 
I uh, I downloaded it. Ooh, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I downloaded it. I launched the game, and then it crashed, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Something's go going on with your computer, baby. man. You can't yeah. run this. It can't run Battlefront Two, which are on the same level <laughs> of graphical fidelity. Yeah. I know, right? It's crazy. I can. I know. Uh, I, I relaunched this game. Uh, I relaunched it, and it worked. But I, I, I want to. Re- I really want to play it. This coming this week that's coming is I'll have some free time in the beginning of the week but the next i won't even be on the next podcast but i'm gonna play it i promise you before the next time i'm, I'm okay. on i'm gonna play, at least play two hours of it i can't wait to hear your less succinct uh review than bobby's yeah it's gonna be like there's cards <laughs> and the art's nice and uh well, storytelling's good <laughs> let me tell you this it. right off the bat so you're going to have two decks, one's for your combat, your battles, and the other one's for your negotiations. You're going to start off with the, the starting character, Sal, I'm assuming. So if you're playing mm-hmm. that character, for negotiation, go with the hostility cards. The red ones, don't even bother mm-hmm. with influence, the green cards. Just okay. go with the okay. red cards. I remember, red cards because, and Sal. Is that because Sal gets a benefit to that? No, that's just incredibly effective with her. I think the red cards are just overpowered in general from the arguments, but especially with her. The other thing is, and I realized playing this week, so for your battle cards, if you go with bleed, just get a bunch of bleed. And if you kill, if you go bleed, you're probably going to end up killing and not accepting surrenders. So you're going to end up murdering a lot of people. Um, And that will in turn give you a lot of argument cards that will actually work well with the hostility cards. You're talking to seven people right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm giving him the inside track here on Grifflins. All, right. uh, all of that reminded me of this. It just popped into my head. So I had a really good friend in EverQuest, a really good friend. And I forget his name and everything. I couldn't even, but um, we were good buddies. And his wife hated me because he would hang out with me so much, but she played as well. Mm-hmm. And she was higher level than us and everything. And somehow we dueled. I was like level 42 and she was 50. And um, she was pissed. She's like, she wants to duel you, dude. And I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. So we did it. And I was a necromancer, which is kind of always known as being overpowered for one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eight levels of difference. And here's what really sucked. My dot killed her, not a direct hit, which, you know, old computer stuff. Um, it was like an NPC killed her, not a player. So she lost the experience. And there was, oh, no, fuck. And there was no clarity, which is two, when you're level 50, it's two and a half weeks of hard grinding to get that what you lost back. So she dropped down to 49, and there was no clerics in the area that were powerful enough to res her at the time. Boy, did she hate me so much more after that. <laughs> but it had nothing to do with me. It just happened that a dot tick killed her. Wow. Yeah. That sucked. All right. What have you guys been playing? Uh, well, um, I guess I'll let me. You go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. I only got like lot. one and a half things to talk about. So well, it looks like I have a lot, but I really don't. Um, I got a new computer. Uh, I've had it there for about a month. It's just been sitting there while waiting for me to have enough time to like set it up and all. But now the office has moved from my garage to the kitchen, which we never used. It was just a 
uh, receptacle for papers and shit. Like we had a dinner table there, but nobody ever ate there. So we're like, yeah, let's just turn in this into an office. So that's what happened. Uh, I talked about it a while ago. I got a really good deal. I'm on slick deals. I check it like once or twice a week. Every once in a while, you can find something really cool. So one of the posters, it's kind of like Reddit in that way where some people just post uh, the the deal and then they usually, if it's a good poster, they'll put all the hoops you have to jump through in order to get that price uh, in order, like step by step. And for this Alienware, uh, Dell, Alienware, Aurora, R12, um, I got the like first time buyer's discount, which was like like $230 off, something crazy, whatever it was. Even though I've bought things from Dell before, I maybe I started a new account, I don't know. Um, there was, I don't know, it ended up being like four discounts altogether. I, I got up like almost $900 off. So what I got for $2,560, $2,560 was... An RTX 380, uh, two terabytes, uh, and an M.2, an i7 1100 700, um, and I got only eight uh, gigabytes of RAM, but I outsourced um, 16 bits, and I switched that out today. Um, I got it. It showed up. It looks great. I mean, I think it's a really pretty looking computer on the outside. Uh, like I said, it looks like a portal turret. I, I went with the black version, but uh, the white one really looks like a portal turret. Um, besides that, all the, you know, I remember buying pre-builds before, and it's a, the amount, the sheer amount of fucking shareware that they used to come with that you have to, like, go and delete and all this stuff, you know, it's really been minimalized or it's in the background where you don't see it. I really have to go through and like scrub everything out of there. But for the most part, it was just like, you know, it pushed Cortana on me, stuff like that. But besides that, I mean, I was up and running five minutes. Like, I mean, we've got, we've gotten so far, Bobby. It's the goddamn promised land, Bobby. It's so different now. Um, I had a great experience with it, you know? Um, besides that, I have a 3080 card now, and I want to see what all the hype about is about on uh, crypto mining. So I did that. Between watching a video and having it up and running and making money was 15 minutes or so, may- maybe 20 minutes on the high end. Um, but the market has completely crashed now that China pulled out and made it illegal or something like that. Um, I can elaborate on that, by the way, if you want. Oh, please don't. Oh. (laughs) I'll give you the short, I'll give you the cliff notes. Uh, So China does this every like year and a half where they go, oh, we're going to ban Bitcoin. And because China is such a big economy, everybody starts selling their shit. So they did it this time and they're still, it's still up in the air if they're actually going to do it, but everyone panic sold and now it's like a chain reaction. So... We're going to, I don't know. I'm not, that, that's, that's the gist. Yeah. So of course, when I'm up and running, finally mining Bitcoin or no, Ethereum, um, it's half of what it was when I, uh, set this whole thing up. Um, but whatever, that's not why I bought it. Really. I bought it for gaming and, um, more on that later because I haven't really installed it. 
it's funny. My non-gamer friends, when they come over, they're always like, you're like, you're the fucking gamer guy and you have this like awesome monitor looking and every time we come over, you're playing 8-bit video games. Like I get shit for it all the time. And it's true, dude. Like I don't play that many things that really push the pixels. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is, I played that today, but you know, those are limited by 2000 whatever graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to break so, out Cyberpunk, homie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a good call, man. That's a good call. I would say that or Red Dead Redemption, because you can get Red Dead Redemption to look real fucking pretty. Yep. Hmm. Uh, okay, cool. So as far as uh, things go, one thing that I wanted to pitch for the uh, new segment that we were talking about, um, if we want to include multiplayer games into this, um, have you guys heard of The Isle? Very briefly. So, Bobby, do you know anything about this? Uh, I saw somebody posted this in Discord, but no, I have not heard about it before. So, check this out. Oh, it's a stomping so the Isle. Huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh. So, the Isle is a new type of survival game. Um, what is very interesting that they have changed is, like, normally in, like, survival games, it's like, oh, chop tree, make tree, I mean, make boards out of tree, make house, you know, gather stuff, make better house, blah, 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 right? In this game, there's only three current, I mean, there's only two currencies, water and food. However, um, for one set of players, the the food currency is other players. So, there are a couple of different server types so far. So the game's multiplayer. I believe you can have up to 200 people on one server. Um, you play as a dinosaur. On some servers, your dinosaur is randomized unless you're playing with friends. Then you all get chosen a random dinosaur, but you all get given the, ran- the, the same dinosaur. You start off as like a hatchling. Like you'll eat bugs or you'll eat like... You'll scavenge carcasses and things like that, or you'll eat very tiny dinosaurs or like squirrels or whatever, and then you all you get all the way up. But for example, if you're a baby T Rex and to get to a full size T Rex, it takes like seven hours. So you're really investing on the server you're playing on, the type of dinosaur you're playing on, and they all have different play styles. Um, there are some RP servers which are pretty nuts as well. Um, I don't really want to play on those, but from what people say, it's the true way to play where it's like, oh, when there's a hunt, if the, if the uh, carnivorous dinosaurs kill a dinosaur, they can't chase the rest of them because in that, in the natural order, when like, for example, lions hunt zebras, once they kill a zebra, they all stop hunting and just eat the zebra. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was thinking if we, like I said, if we wanted to play a multiplayer game, we could possibly play this. It's only 20 bucks. Um, I think there's 11 dinosaurs you can play as right now. Um, and there are incentives to play like the, 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 uh, the, uh, omnivores or the carnivores and even the herbivores. And so it seems pretty fun. You can't talk to other characters. Oh, that's another thing. So if you're like a triceratops, you can't talk to the T-Rex player. And if you like type into world chat, your, your dinosaur makes a noise. So it's 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 really they they thought about a lot of stuff to kind of make it more hardcore. I played this nine months ago, eight months ago, and it was not good. Um, they only had like three dinosaurs. 
They are now doing a retexturing and re-asset upgrade. So, because some of the graphics, because it came out in 2015, was the original, like, green light date, or, like, what's it called? Like, when it's, like, in beta, essentially. Um, but now they're redoing all the assets and redoing all the grass and everything, but now it is a it's a great game. It's really interesting, man. It's like you're taking aspects of, like, um, Tarkov or something, but you're taking away all the guns and you're just making it about two resources. It's yep. a really interesting way of, like, what a great idea. Yeah, and so they, they've been selling a lot of copies lately, um, particularly because of a uh, of a YouTuber named Soviet Womble made a video essay on it. And because of his video essay, I'm definitely going to play it, pick it up again. Um, Bobby, if if you had to choose a dinosaur to be with me and Emilio, what would you choose? A dinosaur to be? Mm, I don't know. Maybe a stegosaurus? They're very okay. cool, for sure. So, yes, stegosauruses, um, I believe, are not in the game yet. They are a planned dinosaur. The closest thing you're going to get is an ankylosaurus, which is like the dinosaur with the spikes on their back yeah, with like a hammer tail. tail. Yeah. Oh, Bo- Bobby's very, very aware, <laughs> dude. You don't, you don't have to, Wait, what? You don't have to mansplain anything to, to Bobby. Well, the Bobby knows dinosaurs? I do. Well, I played a lot of Jurassic Park. And uh, Go Home Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. But the problem with a game like this for our game of the week idea is we're never on at the same time to play games. In fact, we could probably work gaming shifts we were on at such opposite times. We could have a 24-hour stream with our different hours because we're literally like right when you message me sometimes during the week, Nick, you're like, Hey, are you going to, you're going to be on? I'm like, well, I'm going to be on at this time. You're like, Oh, well I got to leave at that time. Like literally it's <laughs> yeah. like, every, every single time. Yeah. It's, it's usually if it's, if I want to play with one of you guys or, or both of you guys, which is like a once in a, month, a year thing. Like if I want to play with Bobby, I'm like, all right, Leslie, I, I love you. I love Vivian. But I'm going to abandon you for an hour and a half and play some Battlefront, or at least try to play some Battlefront. Yeah. But it, it, we, I think as time progresses and people's lives progress, like you're done with class, I uh, my work becomes a little bit more lenient well, and a little bit more, more stabilized. Emilio stops working 80-hour shifts. We'll actually start to be able to play video games together again. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always say during summer, but... Time fills up quick, man. And I'm taking more school during the summer, so <laughs> we'll see. You're like, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But no, like th- this, this kind of game, because it's so, it's such a unique aspect to like survival. I, I, w- I wanted to play it with somebody, at least, at least one person or shit. Maybe we get like the DLG crew and we have like eight. We got a lot of people fucking who play Raptors. survival games on, uh, on the discord. I, I'm yeah. not a big fan of survival games, but there, we definitely have a, a crowd that enjoys them. You don't want to be a dinosaur, Bobby? It's so simple. You just eat, poop, and kill, or survive. Yeah, That's all you got to do. Uh, it doesn't but, sound like a great video game. <laughs> okay. So uh, what's st- Stubbs the zombie in a rebel without a pulse? That's Stubbs such a fucking long-ass name. Yeah, well, it's Stubbs the zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse. So this game came out in 2005. This is an old one, and it just popped up on the front page of Steam for me. It was on sale for 10 bucks. 
And I thought, hey, this looks interesting. You play as a zombie, you go and eat brains and you convert NPCs into your zombie horde. And then you proceed throughout the level like that, attacking people. And I realized this game was on myabandonware.com. Now, if you've never been to this site, it's a great site. There's a lot of games out there where, I don't know, something with the licensing uh, has taken place where it is no longer illegal to just download the game for free. And it is hosted in plain sight on this website called myabandonware. There are games like Star Wars Rebellion, which is a great Star Wars strategy game from the late 90s uh, that are on this site. And Stubbs the Zombie was there too. So downloaded it, thought I'd check it out. And turns out this game's very short. It's only like four hours long. I was playing on a harder difficulty, so it might even be shorter for you. Um, unfortunately, th- this game is made by a bunch of old uh, Bungie devs, I think, after they okay. left Microsoft. Um, but this game, the gameplay is severely lacking. It's, it's not that great. But this game has such a humorous tone and they've got all these references. There's like a Patton reference and a, a, the movie Patton, a Michael Jackson bit, like all these things. The, the military guys are straight out of Dr. Strangelove. It's, it's a really funny game. And the cutscenes they really play up the humor, which I don't know if that was all that common back in the mid-2000s. Um, and they've got a, uh, like a really cool little story. It's in the 50s, but like a retro futuristic look on the 50s. And there's so many great things about it. But then when you get down to the gameplay, like the first hour is just a drag and it doesn't get much better from there. But it's just, it's unfortunate when you see that where a game does so many things right and they got such a great idea, but they don't really follow through on the most important part, at least to me, which is the mechanics and the gameplay. Like you're basically stumbling through uh, not very interesting maps. Um, You've got a few attacks and abilities to turn people, but it gets very repetitive and bland after a while. Um, it could be one of those things where what they wanted to do there, you know, they had hardware, they ran into problems. Their maybe. ideas were bigger than what they could actually technically do. Well, well, what's interesting about this game is you convert all these NPCs into zombies and they become your minions. You can whistle and they come and follow you and you can have them attack other people for you. So you get stronger as you go throughout the level. Um, the problem with NPCs in the mid two thousands, and I don't know if people remember this, but AI was a huge issue and NPC, the Daikatana tried doing this where you had a, like a buddy, like one person, an NPC that would come along with you and help you. And it was disastrous. It caused no end of problems for them during development. And then when the game actually came out, it was super glitchy and they, just had to constantly patch it. So it was a real struggle to do this. And a lot of games were trying to do this. Uh, there was a Star Wars game, Republic Commando, where you operated in a team. Um, uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines, not that long ago, uh, that game came out and had big problems with an AI partner. Um, but what this game does is they give you this ability to push your fellow zombies out of the way. They introduced this in the tutorial and I'm like, this is stupid. Why would I need a button to push my, my <laughs> AI buddies out of the way? Sure enough, like a level or two later, we're in some tight quarters and I'm like, these guys are just in my way. Debugging thing. Like that's probably like an AI yeah. thing. Like the limitations of the AI did not allow like the game to just automatically move 
NPC. So like, we got to give him a button for this, man. Nick, 100%. That's something that came up in QA. And they were like, uh, well, let's just get something right now to solve the problem. And they just kept that thing. You know what I mean? Like a stopgap solution. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, it seems very ridiculous when they introduce, like, <laughs> press E to push your fellow zombie away. I'm like, okay, weird. But then, yeah, two levels later, you're like, this guy is in the doorway and I cannot get through. Broken game. Then you're like, the magic push button. Oh, that's why that's there. Yeah. But it's... There's some funny bits in here, man. Like I, I, I laughed a few times, which doesn't usually happen while I play games. It's just unfortunate that the gameplay is is so bad. But it's it's free on my abandonware, and you know that if nothing else, take away that website from this little monologue I've been ranting on. So, I have a quick question for you. Did you ever play All Humans Must Die? No, I didn't play that. I'm trying to remember that game. That's like a Mars oh, that's, Attacks. That, okay, thing, right? that's the Alien game they remade recently, and that yeah, seems you know when very the, similar. When did to that this come one. out? Yeah, that I, I think that one was also like mid two thousands, and I had never. Two thousand five, same year as this. Yeah, same year as this. I, I actually, this came out. All Humans Must Die came out five months earlier. Okay. Yeah, this came out November 15th, 2005. So yeah, that's kind of the same thing. And it looked very repetitive and boring. And then when the remake came out, I think a lot of people liked it because it was true to the original, but like upgraded in the right ways. But still, I think I remember just looking at all that. And I'm like, so what do you do? You just go around and you shoot people and then just open world sandbox thing. Like it just, I, I don't know. It, it was, so I, I remember playing that game. I, that was one of the times where I rented a game and then I accidentally broke it. But uh, more on that later. Uh, so it, it it really is like a, a thing of its time where it's like, hey, we have these three core mechanics. Let's just use these core mechanics for the whole fucking game. And uh, I, I feel like this is the same exact thing. Like it, it, the art style is almost exactly the same. The storytelling and the time period is almost exactly the same. I'm like, dude, yeah, this has I, to I be like be either a work. I'd be willing to bet that the humor is probably a big part of that game as well. It looks like it from what I'm seeing and like what you've said, it's almost exactly the same thing as far as the humor. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, all humans must die is maybe a little bit more adult, but dude, this is exactly like it. If you can find all all humans must die, you know, or if we do that for uh, the new segment, which we're working on a name, one of the names is all for one. Um, but we'll see if the segment sticks and, uh, maybe we'll play that shit. We don't just call it the game of the week. Why do we got to get so creative with it? Because it's It's a baby dude. And he's proud about it, dude. You got to foster these things. That's, I don't know. Bobby hates everything, dude. So just, I know know. it's okay, but that's why we love him. Right. He's the, he's the reality of the situation. He's like, Uh, he's like the guy where you're like, all right, this is how we can become a billionaire Emilio. We're going to sell Frisbees. With cup holders, and Bobby's like, "That's not feasible. Okay, that's too much plastic. The world's going green. We can't do it." Yeah, take like it to that, that's Bobby's job. Um, I want to say something that's not on here. I totally forgot. So, um, just very quickly, Risk of Rain Two had some sort of anniversary uh, happen, and they gave a character away without you having to unlock him. There's now a rogue in the game. Uh, he's very cool. He's like a drifter cowboy dude. And he uh, can go invisible and does massive bonus damage from behind. Um, doesn't have much armor. You know, straight up rogue. Um, so he and, does massive boner damage from behind? Uh, I might have stumbled. 
It was bonus, but bonus. It can be boner. Yeah, boner. It's interchangeable. Boner, bonus. Okay. A bonus boner. Um. (laughs) Uh. Yeah. Just wanted to mention it. Like it came out of nowhere. I ain't no. I. I just. A lot of times, if I just want to like shoot stuff, this is my. I just put this in single player mode and just play. Uh. Not long. I play one round, and it just satisfies. It it scratches a lot of itches. The the roguelike, the shooter. I have a good time. Probably the music. Uh, itching from um, an STD uh, from that massive boner damage. <laughs> uh, Get it, Bobby. You know what I was <laughs> Fifth grade humor. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the one time we all had a boner at the same time, the, it was the last time we played this game. It was me, Amelia, and I can't remember who else from the community, but we ended up playing, and we were like... Yeah, man, they added this new super boss, and uh, it's really hard to get to him 20 minutes later or to him. And we're like, oh, he seems pretty easy, and then instantly kills the guy that we're playing with. And we were like, oh, oh, God, this is bad. Yeah. And so that's what I remember from this game. It, it It is a little repetitive, but as long as they keep adding bosses and characters and new shit, I'll keep playing it. Speaking of bosses, I want to talk a little bit about The Hunt Down. Uh, when the re- when the preview came out about this game, um, I was all about it. You know, it's v- almost exactly like a ground ha- grindhouse movie, like the Machete, uh, Machete. Um, it's exactly like that. It's the same voice. You know, the how do you clean out a city of scumbags? You know that whole thing. Mm-hmm. You get anaconda and she's one of the characters uh there's a couple other characters there's not a huge difference between them um this is a side scrolling 80s a lot of 80s um things in it and if it looks like an 80s game honestly like the double dragon it looks like double dragon a lot that graphically and not just graphically but i know it's a shooting game but I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't get away. That was the one thing I was like, "Man, this looks exactly like Double Dragon," and it feels like it, even though it's a shooter game, because it does have a little bit of two point five D, Bobby. You can like mm-hmm. duck into doorways, and you can duck behind boxes. So it adds a little hmm. bit, a little bit more to the shooting. So it's got really good reviews. It's like ninety five percent, right? And um if you look at their splash page or whatever, it's like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. And I'm like, all right, what is it? So I'm playing it for about an hour and a half. And I was like, I don't get it. I'm going to return this game. I, it, I'm not seeing what everybody else is seeing. And then I'm playing and then I'm playing and then I'm playing and I'm playing. And it, it's just growing on itself. I'm starting to appreciate the little things about it. First of all, it's got tons of style. You know, it's got that whole 80s Lamborghinis, neon thing going on. The the hyper, hyperized version of the 80s. And um, uh, the announcer and their little, their little squawks or barks that they do. Uh, one of the guys, the, the main character, if you will, uh, has the exact voice of uh, Duke Nukem, like at all the same kind of lines. Like, and it doesn't stop. It's not like every twenty seconds. It's like every ten seconds. It's like some sort of squawk, like "Welcome to the barbecue." When you like use the flamethrower, stuff like that. It does not stop. It's just like constant, but not so much where it's like irritating. At least not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they did so many of these lines, you know? Um, I would say the big thing about this game that I appreciate a ton is the bosses. Every, every world, if you will, um, has like seven bosses and I'm only halfway through the second world, but there's tons of bosses and there's so many, it's almost like a, um, there's a few games out there that are more boss centric than they are like level centric. And it's almost like that. I feel like half of the game is the bosses and there's so much flavor and story added. Every time you fight a boss, it's really where the gameplay is at. you got to learn the, it took me right back. It's almost why I didn't like this game at first. I was like, I've seen all of this before. I've seen the pattern recognition, learning how to overcome the boss. I've been here. I've been here. I've played um, River City Ransom. I've played all these games. Like, I got it. Why Why are we doing this game? And why? It must be people with nostalgia. This is why it's getting such good reviews. Uh, but like I said, the more I played it, the more it kind of grooved and the more I liked it. it. It's not a perfect game by far. Um, you know, something like Hades is far, far above this. But I am enjoying myself and I'm not going to return it because I'm going to beat this game. And uh, a lot of that is just seeing the different bosses. It really, really takes you back to Nintendo, Super Nintendo and the not just that time, but the epitome of what that time could be. A l- not not like modern me- mechanics. It's all old school mechanics, but it's just like it runs at a modern day pace. And so, yeah, I'm having a good time. Um, I don't remember what I paid for it. I paid full price. I want to say $20. Yeah, it's $20. Yeah, it's $20. You know, It's hard to say. Let me let me finish it first and say if it's worth twenty dollars. But right now, I would lean towards yes. Hmm. But so this reminds me of a game called Volgar the Viking. This seems like it's way more fleshed out, though. Like everybody was raving about Volgar the Viking was like, oh, it's a ten out of ten game. It's like a Souls like where it's like if you die, it's like you know when you run out of quarters in a game, you have to start all the way at the beginning. And this seems like. A, I love the art style. I love the like. I guess you're now, yeah, pasta ravioli. You know, I love all that <laughs> shit. Like whatever the fuck it is, it's hilarious yeah. to me most of the time. Um, I I gotta pick this up. Like either just to play, just play it off my account, you know, dude. We get, around. We're gonna have you to play two players. Up. Yeah, and that's one of the big sell points about this game that I haven't tried out. So you know, it's it's a couch co op. Um, uh, co-op or two-player um so i if we do remote play you know that'll work out yeah no uh, either play with you or play with leslie or do you have time uh, after tonight huh do you have time after no, this podcast? I, I don't i gotta wake up early tomorrow for a test and there you go to, there's the hand there it goes <laughs> instantly down <laughs> instantly denied yep yeah. when one shift ends the other begins Oh yeah, shifts over here. But uh, so speaking of speaking of bosses, man, um, I've been playing Resident Evil Village. This is the first AAA game I've bought in a while. Um, man, it is a good game. 
would I would I play it at sixty dollars? Personally, yes, only because it's like a thing that me and Leslie do every night now, where it's like, or every other night, where it's like, hey, we don't want to rush through the game and play everything at once. We want to take it slow, and I'm only gonna play when you're watching because she's like, you you play, like it, it's more fluid and it's a it's it's fun to watch you play. I'm like, all right, so. The difficulty in this game is all peaks and valleys. There are some times where the game's really hard and some and easy. I'm playing on normal mode. But I have you guys ever played a game where a boss dictates how an area goes? Kind of like, I want to say like Mega Man, but this is like the same kind of concept, but with modern day graphics and like, a bunch of you know, it's a first-person shooter. Are you saying? Um, like, are you saying like the bosses, the concept around the boss? Like if it's a plant guy, he affects the plant level. Is that what exactly? Exactly. So, an example. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything because this game has a lot of story and there's a lot of spoilers to it. You don't have to play seven and play eight, but however, seven is a complimentary game. Shit, you could even play eight and then play seven because it's almost like a prequel and it explains a bunch of shit. But you don't have to play seven to play eight. Um, but the, so, for example, there is uh, there are four main bosses. There are I mean, there's other mini bosses and there's other bosses, but there's four like kind of like quote unquote story bosses. One of them is a doll, and her area is very unique. And I'm not going to reveal like the the mechanic. However, it it changes the format of the of the game. You go from uh, the area before it where you're kind of searching around and and trying to, like, survive by killing zombies and stuff to just just a pure horror game. So it, it, it gets really interesting. Like, the play style has changed per level. It's almost like it has different genres in each boss zone. So it's pretty interesting. Nick, I wasn't going to talk about uh, It Takes Two this week. But you just kind of, you just kind of described it. it takes two, uh, a lot. So, so the way that the boss uh, affects the level, and how when I was talking to you about how trippy those ghost bass were, yes, there's a. You know what reminded me? it takes two is really reminding me of now, Bobby, and why it's so good. Probably the best level design I had ever seen was Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. Like, it's not really because of the psychosis of the person that's affecting the levels, but it's the it's the toys of the little girl and the levels that, because they're trying to protect the little girl from you, the parents, to getting back to her. So each, each of her toys kind of has a level designed after her. But it's done to the nth degree, much like Psychonauts, where it's just like you take a small concept and you turn it into an entire level. And that's what we're going through. Um, and then there's one point where you're in a kaleidoscope level. And Nick, now I know what you're talking about, where you're talking about the trippy shit. Like, yeah. whole, how trippy is that fucking level, dude? There it's, was, it's amazing. There was and times like, dude, where I was like, Almost nauseous. I was like, what is going on? It's so crazy. And I, I think It Takes Two is 
almost my game of the year so far. Like we have what another seven months before we can decide game of the year. It's it's so good, and I think one of the, the one of the thing that kind of harps on like the you know the gameplay aspect and the changing of the mechanics and everything for every level. So me and Leslie, we were playing, and then we would get comfortable on a level where we wouldn't have to say anything to each other, like revolving a mechanic. Like it'd be like, okay, you stick that with the goo, and I'll explode it. In the beginning, it's like, okay, now I'll, I'll explode it at this time, and then eventually, at the end of that level, we'd just be like doing everything automatically without saying anything. Yeah. But every fucking time, we we you know the level started, we would have to restart. Like we would have to like. Like okay, I we what does this do? Okay, how does this work? How does this incorporate into the level now? Like, and so I think that's one beautiful part of the game is like even, and it almost almost sticks to the the story where it's no, like, dude, dude do, you, do you think that was on purpose? That wasn't on purpose, like a hundred percent. So the the book, this like super machismo uh, Mexican book, uh, is being collaboration. Like he's trying to make you guys work together. And then every 15 minutes, you have two new mechanics you have to make work together. And then just like Nick is saying, by the end of the 15, 20 minutes, it's second nature. So you have this problem and you're working your way through it. Then you have a new problem, you work your way through it. And it's almost like, I mean, I'm not going to put it on here, but Sam and I have been having some problems, and this game's a little bit like counseling. It really, it really, really is. And uh, the character progression, they're going through their shit, and it's fucking crazy, man. Like, we're working together to solve problems, and it's repetitive, but not at all repetitive because you're doing new problems every time. And I, I have a new appreciation for these games. All right. Who needs marriage counseling when you've got it? Video games. Too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't take that advice, though. <laughs> all right. What else have you guys been playing? Or is that it? I think that's about it, except for a little bit of news. Yeah. So Metro Exodus is the first PC gaming uh, PC game, I think that um accepts the dual sense um feature feature yeah no there, the there's PS a bunch of features in i want to hit on this because this for the first time affected me when i started playing village and i didn't get to talk about this because i didn't want to like distant because it's like a pc podcast or whatever oh but you're playing village on you're playing village on the p on the ps5 Yes, I got oh, so okay. uh, I got a couple gift cards for my birthday, and so I bought. You don't have to. Well. You don't have to explain, dude. It's cool. It's fine. Huh? You don't have to explain. You don't have to. There's no caveat here. I think I do see. Hello, hello. Wow, dude, the episode just stopped. He just quit. Tracks. He just quit. Yeah, he's gone. I don't know what happened to him. I'm. Ba- I'm. Ba- I'm back. Sorry. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know if there's like a hiccup in my network or something, but like it disappeared. So what did I miss? I uh, just started talking about the DualSense and, um, and Village. So Turn that camera, um, by the, way. The, the controller is amazing. It's obviously like a product of its time. Everyone one-upping because of uh, competing with each other. Um, so this is just one prime example of a bunch of features it has. So, for example, in the real world, when you shoot firearms, when you pull a trigger, 
there is the pull point, and then there's like a snapping point where once you get past that point, the gun, you know, fires, and then the bullet goes out of the gun, right? Well, in Resident Evil, it does the same fucking thing. But not only that, the pressure is different depending on the gun. So, like, in the beginning of the game, I'm, like, trying to pull the trigger on the gun, and I'm, like, I'm pulling the trigger, and I'm, like, wait, wait, wait. Why is it, like, it, I'm, like, is the, is the fucking controller stuck? And then, like, I pushed it a little bit harder, and it went through, like, the gun shot. And I was, like, oh, hell no. Like, is my controller broken or something? And then I I switched controllers, and I was, like, oh, my God. This is a feature, and it's awesome. Like, it, so it brings haptic feedback to all the buttons and make some of the buttons harder to press or easier to press depending on what you're using. And the, like the PC features that can be used on this is like unsurmountable, dude. It's so cool. Does uh, the PS five have a wireless option for PC? I'm not sure. um, so from my understanding, there are, there is a, a program. I think it's first party where you can, uh, you can plug in your, because it's USB to USB-C, because it's a USB-C for the PlayStation 5, so all your Pixel users, there you go. Um, you just plug it into your PC, and it syncs to it, and then you're good. You're good to go. I, I think it uses Bluetooth. Hmm. But here's... <laughs> it's actually... It's crazy, because I don't know if you guys saw this. This week, they announced on Reddit, Apple is selling the PlayStation 5 remote on their website to be played... On their Windows, so there's like, there's certain things on the Apple Store that have dual sense. No, 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 no. They're selling the PlayStation Five. Oh. What it is is like they're like, oh, you know, norm normally when Apple doesn't sell proprietary hardware for gaming, they only sell keyboards, mice, and everything like that. But they're like, this is the like essentially the official gaming controller for the Apple Store is the PS Five Dual Sense controller. I've heard it's amazing, dude. I've heard that not only the it, does it make the game feel better and all that stuff, but it's taking games to the next level. Um, so Metro, uh, Metro Exodus, there's a the guy shows what happens, right? So he's pushing the trigger, and as, there's recoil. And there's true recoil in the trigger. So it's harder to even push the trigger as every... It's almost like you can feel it bouncing up the the AK-47 exactly. as you're shooting it. And and, it, and that's going to fuck up your aim, but it makes it more realistic. And it sounds like a whole lot of fucking fun, man. Hmm. The thing is, you can also turn it off in the controls menu for Resident Evil. If You, you can actually completely disable the feature on your PlayStation 5 well, like for those super sweaty people that Nick, play Call of Duty and stuff like that. Nick, from what I just said and from what you just said, both of those features, although cool as fuck, do make the game harder. Um, yes. And I have noticed that. <laughs> I was like, dude, I suck ass in, in Resident Evil, and I'm pretty good in shooters, even on even on PlayStation. But I'm like, oh, this is so much fun because like you shoot the shotgun and the trigger you have to let go and then pull it again to fire. But because you're pumping the action of the shotgun, it's a it's not a semi-auto, because you're pumping the trigger resets and becomes harder to pull until he's done pumping. So is, it worth, is it worth the added difficulty? It, yeah. Oh, hands down. I I think it's probably one of the coolest features of the PlayStation 5 or the PlayStation 5 remote. Yep. 
Um, I like, can't say for Exodus, but I would say that, you know, any kind of new mechanic that people aren't shitting all over and are saying is like new next generation mechanics. I mean, it sounds great. Haptic. Yeah. We've talked about yeah, haptic, haptic forever. Feedback. We've talked about it forever in, you know, ready player one, stuff like that. It's never really come to light, but now, you know, you want to jump higher, push it harder kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think we're going to see more and more things happen because like PlayStation four changed a bunch of stuff in their remotes while, while the system was out. So we might even see more, like more integration into it. So you never and, know. Let's just be clear here. The only reason that I use an Xbox controller is because it was the one that was easier to... I mean, they had a PC version of the controller. You just buy it. Xbox controller for PC. Had it been my choice, I would have probably done a PlayStation. Now, you could do PlayStations, and a lot of people do do PlayStations uh, controllers on their uh, on their computer, but it's not just set up from the ground up and you have to do, you have to change the bios and every, every video game you play, you have to change all the controllers just so you can play almost every PC game. You just plug and play with the, with the um, Xbox controller. And that's why so, I chose that one. But if it has additional functionality, I mean, we're talking like three years out, let's say, where are we in three years with the PlayStation uh, devoting more and more of their games towards PC, and um, the DualSense also getting better and better reviews. Where are we going to be in three years? Maybe somewhere okay, so, where I would play a PlayStation game, a controller instead of an Xbox. So I just double checked. I like just I want to clarify. I don't want to you know say wrong shit. To use the PlayStation Five remote on the PC, your computer either has to be. Um, Bluetooth enabled or have an exposed USB slot. So a USB slot on the outside or the back that is able to be used. And that's it. That's all you have to use. My new Aurora A12 Aurora R12 has 14 USBs. 14, dude. I was so stoked. 14! <laughs> 14! You're like, you're like in Step Brothers where it's like Look, there's so much room for activities. Dude, it, it felt like my my penis got hit by, uh, the tip of my penis got hit by a uh, lightning bolt. That's what it felt like when I saw when I saw a cluster of USB ports on the back and like four or five on the front. I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. Amazed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't do controllers, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me, you're like, why is there two joysticks on the controller, boy? Okay, I can't move. Why is there one joystick, Bobby, man? I still like the D-pad. Bobby just erased 20 minutes of our conversation. He's like, not applicable to me. <laughs> nah, man, mouse and keyboard. Which, here's the thing. On the PS5, you can use a mouse and keyboard. So, hey, hey. use your own. Cool. As long as it's Bluetooth, you can use it. Time for listener questions. Listener, do you want to read them or do you want to? You want who do you want to read? I'm too week? drunk. <laughs> um, yeah, I can read them. Let's see what we got here. We've only got wow. three. Um, first one is from Warconius. What's the official DLG position on the Israeli Palestine conflict? Just kidding. Thank God. Seriously, though, why are games media getting political? I just find it weird that these discussions are being made 
to be political in game media, for example, Hong Kong, BLM, Gamergate. Ooh. Okay. Um, that, okay, so I saw this question earlier, and I decided to kind of come up with a cohesive answer. Hmm. I think right as in. our society begins to integrate itself in all facets where each thing becomes closer and closer, um, if we look at like the 80s, for example, people that played video games didn't really go out to the club. However, now you see an integration in our culture where like video games are commonplace. Um, and, and it's kind of like everyone kind of has universal knowledge. But not only that, but there are companies that own sub companies. For example, Amazon. They're pretty vocal as far as like their political outlook and things like that, but they also make games. And so everyone wants to know what's your, you know, what's your quip on this or that. And so things, because things are getting so close, everyone has an opinion. Does that make, does it make sense? Well, are you talking to us? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Um, Yeah. Is my mic still working? Yeah, apparently it is. Hmm, yeah, is, yeah. It, is this the nobody cares, Bobby? Is <laughs> the problem you're running into. Uh, but what about you? What's your response? It's a real question, man. I don't know what's being asked here. Well, I don't know what's going on with Israel and Palestine. Oh. I, mean, uh, I, I don't think we should talk about that. It's a little touchy. There's a, mar- uh, a martyr made podcast. It's 23 hours. I listened to the whole thing. And at the end of it, you have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Uh, well, I know there's going, a lot of history there, some of which I'm familiar with, but as far as recent events, I'm not too sure because he's referring to an article that was posted about IGN. Um, they were upset because something was posted uh, about aiding uh, Palestine and then it was taken down and then some employees at um, IGN were upset about it being taken down. Um, but yeah, as far as games being political, I don't think that's avoidable really uh if you're an adult pretty much everything is political these days it touches on just about everything so i don't know i i think some sometimes um you just have to choose how you're going to i don't know dude to be to be honest i play old games like stubs the zombie (laughs) (laughs) from a different time you know like uh, I, I know like when the division two or the division came out and uh, that was kind of a hot topic because they were like, Oh, we're not, we're not political. And yet, um, the game starts out with, uh, it, it definitely has some commentary about, uh, guns because it's like post-apocalyptic, but uh, a lot of Americans have survived because they own guns and it takes place like it, I think it starts out in DC. So yeah, I, I don't know if you can stay apolitical these days. Um, look, man, politics is about people. Most of the people are playing video games now. Uh, more money than movie, movie and music combined, you know? So those things are going to integrate and it all depends on each company on how, what their approach is going to be on integrating those politics. (laughs) You said the boomer. (laughs) How did that come up? Uh, Sniper put that in our show notes. Oh, okay, great. Oh, uh, geez. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to try to smart, sound smart. I'm fucking wasting. <laughs> We're way past that. It all hit me at once. We should shout out. We've had a lot of subscriptions here that we've been ignoring. We've got Cricket Soldier at 19 months. Thank you very much. 
Thanks, Cricket. We've got JP Diddy, 24 months, hitting the two-year mark. Damn! Thanks, what dude. an achievement. And then we've got Katoom, 250, at 11 months. How about Exuberant with the fucking raid, dude? And a subscription here Hi. with the price. Thank you, Exuberant. Nice. Really appreciate that, man. Very cool. <laughs> wow. Exuberant rated us with uh, some viewers. That was very cool, too. It's not even... Uh, that's an awful lot of subs for uh, this late in the month. But we appreciate it, guys. We appreciate all How about people just like us, Bobby? Yeah. 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 I don't think so. <laughs> Bobby's like, unless you're in a hot tub, ain't nobody liking you, buddy. That's true. <laughs> we should have our get our hot tub stream going, really get the viewers in here. Gross, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Who do you think has more body hair, Bobby? Uh, um. I have surprisingly little body hair for an Italian. I have like so. none. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are slick right as seals, dude. Yeah. Okay, it's definitely me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. Tattooed terror. Who can read that? Tattooed terror asks, "What are some of your thoughts on Epic's attempt to be the next Roblox with their new platform core?" I have to look up. I have to look this up. I don't know what core. any of this well, is. Well, I'll, I'll explain generally what it is. So. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I never thought about it as being like a Roblox clone. Um, core is this free game, I guess you could call it. You can get from Epic and it's kind of like, I don't know. I always thought of it like Gary's mod or something where you can create your own world or you can go around and see other people's creations. That's Roblox so far. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, but they have like a hub that you go into and then you can walk into other people's games. It's really very interesting. Um, it, allows for people to create their own content and then share that with others a lot more easily than I've seen some of the other uh, games that kind of do the same thing. Well, that's how Epic started out, right? Epic was a, was a engine, wasn't it? Originally? Uh, no, but how they got rich was because of their engine. They, uh, uh, they did. So Fortnite was originally a zombie survival game. Yeah. 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 And they had a uh, kind of like uh, where like every week there's like a bonus mode. Mm-hmm. And as a joke, they had a battle royale because PUBG was doing so good. And then they like saw like a quintuple amount of subscribers and purchases. And they uh, they decided to just completely go that way. You know, now it's history. Seven billion dollars later. Yeah. Yeah, but what, but, yeah, what does that so, have to do with the engine? So this is because don't they use what do they use Unreal or what's it? It is the Unreal Engine, but however, it's like formatted and limited so that certain things are only available in certain assets. If you look at Core and you look at Fortnite, they're the, it's the same exact engine. It's just things are they look a little bit different. But it, in my opinion, what it is is that they're trying to capitalize on the idea that not everybody can have a good computer. And Roblox already does this. Can they succeed like Roblox? Sure, they have the talent. They have the money to do it. Um, Do I think it's a cool business model? No. Um, If I want to play a shooter or if I want to play a story-driven game, I can't do that on core. Or if I do do it on core, it's not going to be the way I want it to be, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, they made Escape from Tarkov in Roblox. And so... Hmm. If they want to, if they want to do that, that's fine. But I'd rather play Escape from Tarkov than instead of Escape from Tarkov from Roblox. What this is for is for kids or people that don't have a lot of money, or 
that don't have high-end computers, and you know that I can run core, and so therefore I can play anything on core. And the idea of telling a mom, hey, you get this one game, and you can play an infinite amount of games on it, you know, people are going to buy it, or people are going to tell their kids to use it, right? Not just that, too, but, you know, it's fostering uh, young developers that don't even know they're going to be developers. Like, they can cut their teeth right here. This is a good way for them to see what works and what doesn't work. And I feel like something like this, or, or like Roblox, you know, we're going to get some fantastic, down the road, 10 years from now, we're going to have some grade A developers coming out of building games for Gary's Mod, Roblox. Do you remember a PlayStation called Little Big Planet? Yeah. So Little I, Big Planet did this a long time ago for the PlayStation. Um, it was around the same time Roblox came out. It was Little Big Planet 2 that had the customization. And they saw the same success. It's just it's only tied to the PlayStation. Like Everybody that had a PlayStation that had like a kid would make their kid play uh, Little Big Planet and they would you know get lost. Because like, you were playing a third-person shooter on Little Big Planet or you were playing like a first-person shooter or like a racing game on Little Big Planet. And so... Eventually, that actually ended up becoming a cart game that was a separate game. So, it's been done before. Obviously, one of the biggest games in the world, Counter Strike, is yeah, the Counter like Counter Strike's another one. We're talking about mods, is what we're talking about now. That's what we're getting at. Yeah, but with that that's what this game is. It is it's a central hub for a mod, mod. system. Yeah. But not only that, you can change the core gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. So you can create if, your own games. And the exactly, you can create your own game with assets. Looks pretty robust too. Uh, one cool thing that they add into it is you create your character, your avatar, and you can take that character into all these different games. And I think you can upgrade cosmetics and stuff as well. But you, you feel like you're the same character going to all these different ones. Which it's gives a, you a little bit of like Ready Player One mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. Okay. That's, so exa- that's exactly what it's like. Where in Ready Player One, it's all the same engine, but they have different. You have the racing game, and they have the you know all that stuff. It's the same exact concept. Yeah, it might appeal to more of a mature audience than Roblox. Here's the thing about Roblox, man: it's incredibly juvenile. I, I work with middle school kids, and they look down upon Roblox. <laughs> they, they make fun of each other, like you still play Roblox, you know? It's, yeah, but young kids need a game too. Yeah, well, like, we're talking... Yeah. Juveniles kids. need a kid. Yeah. I mean, a game, my, right? My niece is eight, and she plays Roblox, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's Mila, about the age range. Well, but the, those aren't... I, you could definitely capitalize off them with their parents, but I don't know if you're going to make a whole lot of money, but it, maybe it's not about making money. Well, it's you think game. Roblox is... Let me check how much Roblox is worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 56 yeah. bucks a share Please, right dude. Please. Yeah, there's a lot of money. But yeah. they're also kind of the only game in town. Yeah, but what, my original point with this was that this is probably going to appeal to the more mature gamers. Yeah, your nineteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. So currently, currently, the net worth of Roblox, uh, the the company that makes Roblox, is four billion. But at a trading <laughs> at a trading system in this, <laughs> at the trading system of the IP itself, it's worth thirty billion dollars. Wow. So yeah, there's a lot of money to be made with this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's like Angry Birds, man, or it's like Candy Crush. You get people to you know spend two or three dollars here and there, where it's easy to spend the money, and they don't realize they're spending it. You're gonna get people that spend three hundred dollars in two weeks, you know? Yikes! Yeah, I don't know if I care for that business model, but yeah, sure. 
Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't realize this game was free. I guess it's not really yeah. a game. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Seems like an interesting idea. Okay. So uh, you want to read the last one? Yep. Last question here we got from Zap. What's your least favorite example of video game logic? I hate it when you play a game series and your character has to relearn every move over the course of each game. All right. Oh, man, that that is probably a very, very, very similar thing to what I'm going to say. Um, it's almost, I, mean, I agree with that. I agree with Zap here. And my one example is God of War. Um, only because in the first three God of War games, you had to unlock all the weapons again to be able to, you know, use them in every game. And it's like, wait, didn't I kill all these people before? And then they come up with some dumb trope like, oh, you lost all these things in like a shipwreck or something. But, um, I think the thing that I would like to see to remedy that issue is like, Hey, if you play the first one, then you have all this, this shit already, you know, but yeah, no, it, that's one of my biggest video game logic. I thought he meant like video game logic in the sense of like, Oh, you try to teleport in halo. And if there's a guy standing on top of it, you can't teleport. I don't know. I thought that, that, I could, thought that, that could apply to, I think that would work yeah. as well. I don't what about know. you? I've got big problems with level design sometimes. Um, I think Dead Space did this, and I'm positive Alien Isolation did this because that game was super long. But you'll start a new level, and it'll be like, hey, just walk over here and flip that switch. And you walk over there, and then there's like a cave-in, or the ship gets damaged, and a bunch of stuff falls in your way. And then you get directed through this huge path going all around the ship to get to that original point that was just right there a moment ago. And sometimes it's really frustrating when it's just like a chest high wall or scrap, but your character can't jump over it or something. Especially that game, there's zero jumping or climbing, right? Yes. And which is infuriating. (laughs) I think that takes the cake more than Zap's example. I I fucking hate that shit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Because you feel like... I don't know. Alien Isolation was 25 hours long, way too long for a game like that. And it just felt like you're just being dragged around all over the ship. And another similar thing that I always complain about is in every game, they're just like, oh, no, the you have to, uh, you know, whatever is not working. You'll have to manually realign the thrusters and you've got to go all the way over here to do that. Like nothing ever works. Like. Nothing ever. Nothing ever. This is all busy work, man. Yeah, you feel like you're giving um, not important busy work. There's very little meaning to it. Uh, I guess for me it would be like nonsensical side quests, uh, uh, elaborating on busy work. There's some that just eat up game time. All, literally all you did was pick up that thing over there and take it over there. Why'd you do it? Who knows? But fucking this guy needed that shit, so you went and got it. Uh, unlike The Witcher, uh, The Witcher 3, every single side quest seemed to have a tiny bit of uh, tie-in to the main to- story. And if not, it was so profound in itself that it was rewarding in itself. And that's why I like... I want to harp in on that as well. I think you're very right. My example for the negative is when you have a quest... It's like, oh, when you do this quest, the weapon you get is 
is amazing, and then it turns out the weapon is shittier than the one that you get, uh, right? And then you already have. So you're like, why the fuck did I just do that for the 20 shekels a sword is worth? I think you just beat me, dude. Oh, man, that hurts. So Every the, the, the yeah. thing is, I you know, in any kind of... Uh, for the Witcher example, if it was a quest where it's like, you can either accept money or the relic. And, obvi- and like whatever helps you out more is going to be the one you choose, right? If the relic is like a sweet ass sword that's better than the one you have, you're gonna choose the sword. However, if the money is like you need to be able to buy potions or whatever, you're gonna take the money. Yeah. And so that obviously can't be done for everything. And it's hard. That's hard to 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 plan and to write with. But when it comes to like, why did I just do this side quest for like this fucking gun that is completely useless to me right now? Uh, and it happens all the time in video games right now. Yeah. Well, we'd be here all day if we just sat around and talked about everything. No, that annoyed us about. Let's do games. fifteen, another or forty-five minutes on things that bother us above video games. Uh, we could do a whole podcast. How about <laughs> we just talk about what we're playing next week? Um, Days Gone. I'm excited about that. Actually, cool. I will. I will be playing Dr- Grifters at least. Grifflands. I will. Um, I will be playing Days Gone, and I'll be finishing Resident Evil because I'm on the last two bosses. Ah, that far. Okay. Well, remember, we're going to talk about Days Gone in two weeks, so don't uh, don't come in next week talking about it. Oh, yeah. um, well, I'm not going to be here next week. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Amelia. Uh, I need to check in with Deep Rock Galactic. They had a big update a while back. I just haven't been playing that game on fridays we've been so into vermintide too and grifflins you've been getting your itch from grifflins too yeah grifflins i've I've been playing way too much of that or like to stop (laughs) nick thinks it's called grift dude (laughs) i said grifflins uh Uh, that's grifters that's what i said grifters yeah yeah all right right. uh speaking for bobby no chris this time uh nick and myself um Griftits. <laughs> it gets worse every week, Bobby. It gets worse every week. Okay. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Kaiser Soza almost. You're just like looking around the room at like whatever object you can see, and that's what you. <laughs> <laughs>